This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their You gotten wrong with yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, March madness time. Beware the Ides of March time. Beware the dirty Florida elbow time. Beware Cinderella time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here late on a Monday afternoon. Probably going to drop this to you early on a Monday evening. Regardless, it could be Monday where you are. It could be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Whatever day it is, whatever time of day it is, we are happy that you are spending part of it with us on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Not just me on this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Obviously, it's uh, NCAA tournament time which means it's basketball completely to the forefront with almost all of the attention time. And uh, that means that we're going to go down to the uh, Blount County Satellite Office of Go Vols 24-7 down in Maryville, and we're going to bring in the one, the only, Grant Ramey. And, and Grant, um, got to tell you, interesting, interesting few days for the Tennessee basketball team. When is it not an interesting few days for the Tennessee basketball team, That's to fair. be honest? I mean, that's the fair. last – Six, seven weeks, there have been very few boring days. Yeah, there have been. Uh, and the, the latest twist and turn is um, a rather unfortunate one for Tennessee. Uh, right when you know it looked like John Fulkerson was starting to play like himself again, uh, Tennessee's senior forward, Tennessee's heart and soul, Tennessee's goofy, goofy. I don't want to call him Tennessee's apex predator because uh, he's too goofy for that. But certainly an important figure in everything Tennessee wants to do on both sides of the floor took what was um, just a really unfortunate, unnecessary, uh, and inappropriate set of elbows from Florida's Omar Payne had to leave the game. Uh, Payne was ejected. Uh, Fulkerson got a fracture somewhere in his face, got a concussion, and uh, he traveled to – so he was out for the rest of the tournament, traveled to Knoxville on Sunday from Nashville, got his procedure done on his face, came back to Nashville, went with the team to Indianapolis – but um, I suppose because of the, the face thing and, and more importantly, maybe uh, for the short term, the concussion thing, uh, he is he is now a major, major question for Tennessee going into the NCAA tournament. And, you know, we, we don't know what Fulkerson would have been able to give the team against Alabama. Certainly Tennessee played well without him for 25 minutes in the semifinal uh, before collapsing uh, rather um, sort of unfortunately down the stretch, lost to the Tide. Uh, now Tennessee is a five seed in the Midwest region in the NCAA tournament. Will face Oregon State at five or four thirty Eastern 
on Friday in Indianapolis, and the winner of that gets the game between fourth-seeded Oklahoma State and 13th-seeded Liberty. And Grant, you were there in Nashville. Just kind of walk us through that weekend and sort of the ups and downs of it and, and what it means going forward. Uh, I think they played some of their best basketball in Nashville that they've played all season. I think uh, if you go back to March 7th, the last day of the regular season when they beat Florida at home, then six days later they beat Florida uh, and play as well as they do at Bridgestone Arena. And then they do what they do for the first 25 or so minutes against Alabama, uh, building a 15-point lead. Yeah, the John Fulkerson stuff was bad. Uh, It's as dirty of a play as I've seen in a long, long time, Uh, not only because – he gets hit with an elbow that was blatant, but he also gets hit with a secondary elbow that was also blatant. I mean, this is very obviously premeditated and, you know, Omar Payne knew what he was doing. Um, but still, even without John Fulkerson, as unfortunate as that was, um, Tennessee was able to take a 15-point lead on the top overall number two seed uh, in the NCAA tournament uh, bracket. If they were, you know, Alabama wasn't that far away from a number one seed. That's how well Tennessee played in stretches uh, in that game. And then Tennessee... Uh, Alabama had a lot to do with Tennessee falling apart in the second half. Tennessee had a lot to do with Tennessee falling apart in the second half, regardless, um, as upbeat as Rick Barnes sounded Saturday, he sounded the same upbeat Sunday after the the selection show. When we talked to him, uh, it seems like for the first time in a while, this team's in a good place, um, with or without John Fulkerson. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like they're in a good place. They stayed in Nashville Saturday night, Sunday night. They watched the selection show there took the bus to Indianapolis to start the quarantine process in, in the bubble in Indy uh, this week. So it seems like there's some momentum there. It seems like they've, they've got a mindset. That's uh, what Rick Barnes wants competitiveness, uh, determination that they kind of want from this group that I think they've kind of been looking for this group for a while. And, and it looks like they got some uh, competitive uh, matchups in the tournament. I think they got a pretty good draw. I think a number five seed was about as good as it was going to get uh, without them getting to championship Sunday in the SEC tournament. So it feels like they're in a good place uh, and maybe they're heading in the right direction after spinning their wheels for a while. Yeah, there's a, a lot of things to discuss about that. And, and quickly, I guess I'll go ahead and do the Omar Payne stuff before we move on because we need to move on from that. Um, and I don't want to say it's old news because it's still pretty fresh and still has a pretty large impact on what's going on with Tennessee right now. And I got to tell you, that that play, um, the most cynical part of the entire thing, after he throws that first elbow and he feels like it didn't quite connect enough, he goes right back and makes sure, he makes damn sure on the second one that he gets him flush in the head, knew exactly what he was doing. And, and I got to tell you, if – if the NCAA and SEC in Florida and everybody else come to the conclusion that he cannot be suspended because it was not technically for fighting, uh, that is a load of words that I cannot say on this podcast. Um, I, listen, in the old school NBA, you'd call that a playoff foul, I guess. But, you know, if you are trying to block a shot and you hurt someone, that's basketball, right? Um, if you're trying to go strip the ball from someone – um, but you kind of step on their foot and it turns their knee and they rip their ACL, that's basketball, right? You're diving for a loose ball, you bang heads with somebody, they get a concussion, that's basketball. Even if you go for a hard foul but you're going for the ball and you're trying to prevent someone from getting an easy two, hey, man, that's basketball in my opinion. What That hap- that right there had absolutely nothing to do with basketball. And if John Fulkerson is not able to play 
in the NCAA tournament and Omar Payne is, that is a serious, serious, serious violation, in my opinion. That's that that just cannot happen. It just cannot happen. That was that had if that happened on the street, you would call it assault. You absolutely would. You 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 take a guy who's not really paying that much of attention, you elbow him, boom, right there in the head, you come back and you swing again. Because if it's just the first one, I could say, you know, maybe they're pushing back and forth and you know, it got a little out of hand. That happens. The second one is the deal breaker for me. That that's the one that you know, you're talking about a facial fracture, you're talking about a concussion, and with everything we know in sports now about concussions, if one of your deliberate actions causes something like that, um, there has to be consequences for that. In the NBA, in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, he's not playing for a while after that, and he's paying a large fine. There has to be a punishment for that. And I'm not saying burn the kid in effigy. I'm not saying throw him out of the game forever. I'm not saying take away a scholarship. No, kids make mistakes, uh, but there has to be discipline. He cannot just miss 17 minutes of basketball for that. He cannot just run stadium steps for that. Um, I guess you call them arena steps in basketball. They've got it. Am I wrong about that grant? Like I know that um, may, maybe that you don't want to go as hard as I'm going on this. I just, I got a problem with it. Yeah. And, and the big thing here is, is Mike White said after that game that, that Omar Payne's a guy that's had those problems in the past. They've tried to address those issues with him. Uh, earlier in his career. I think for me, it starts with a one-game suspension at least, and Florida's a number seven seed. They could only have one game left. They play number 10 Virginia Tech at 12-15 Friday. That's a that's a tough matchup. I didn't expect Florida to be a seven seed. I was thinking maybe more like an eight-nine game. So yeah. uh, I think you start there. And I think also, I wrote this on the board today, I think also just because it hasn't been announced yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I think it could happen Anytime this week, it could happen Thursday, it could happen Friday morning, it could happen when Florida's on the court for pregame and Omar Payne's not out there, not dressed or, or whatever. I think uh, just because it hasn't been said doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I still I do. Like I said, it's it's got to start with a one game suspension or, or a first weekend suspension, however you want to term it for whatever Florida's going to say. Or, you know, you're, you're trying to phrase it in a way, not knowing how many games left you have. Uh, in your season but yes it's not just you know the one elbow would have been bad enough but uh, it, it's been a while since I've seen not only the first elbow but the second elbow connect uh, and, and make that kind of you know that kind of shot on a basketball court yeah I mean that's no that's no accident everybody knows what's going on here and if he's had these problems early in his career and then he has to do something about it that's up to Florida that's up to the SEC I, I don't know who makes these calls uh, you know, people on our board want Danny White to talk to his brother Mike White about this. I don't think it's really Danny White's thing. Tennessee, uh, we asked Rick about it Saturday night after the Alabama game. He said he heard from Mike White after the game Friday. Um, you know, Omar Payne and John Fulkerson put out their statement Saturday morning before that game, and Rick said they're going to go, you know, move on. It's over with. It's done. And, and for from Tennessee's perspective, Tennessee uh, gets on up the road, I think, is the way he phrases it. So, Something has to happen because, yeah, you're right. It's not fair. If, if Fulkerson can't play because of that, uh, Omar Payne shouldn't be able to play because of that. Will that happen? I don't know. Will they force an issue there? I don't know. Uh, whether it's forced or not, Florida needs to do something about it. And, and would I say the exact same thing if a Tennessee player had done it? Yes. Yes, I would. Yeah. And, in fact, I did. When Juwan Jennings had his incident, my only question at the time was, do you have video evidence that shows exactly what he was trying to do? And then it took a while to find it, and then we found it, and I said, okay, you got to do something about that. 
I, you know, there's precedent for this. The SEC did that. Juwan Jennings missed what? At least it was the first half of the bowl game or something? First, first half, right. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and you know, you could say that since Payne already got suspended for a half or, or missed a half of basketball, 17 and a half minutes, whatever, I, I don't want to go on too long about it. I just, you know, you just can't, especially near the head, you just can't, you can't do that. It, it's not, it should, and, and the, the repercussions that it could have, I mean, let's say even Fulkerson is able to come back. How long did it take him to get back from those arm injuries, right? Like, right. like, you, how could you not be affected by this? I mean, you're going to be out there with probably like, you know, if you can play like some kind of like an old like what like a one of those um, like uh, anonymous looking masks or whatever. Like, I mean, you're gonna, right. you're going to be wearing, you know, Phantom of the Opera. You're going to be wearing something that, on your face, and uh, it's got to affect you. And I just. I, I think Fulkerson maybe ends up coming back to Tennessee anyway, but it would just be an awful way for that thing to end. And, you know, the, the, I mean, all you need to know about that play is watch the replay and watch John's legs after he gets hit and how he goes down. I mean, it almost looks like he's knocked out for a second yeah. as soon as he, he gets hit the way his legs uh, go dead. And, all, you know, Saturday, all you need to do is look at John on the bench and see how bad his eye looked and see that he's wearing earplugs because of the concussion and he's trying to be in the arena with this team. Uh, the night dynamics are so strange here because, you know, Fulke had all that emotion coming off the court uh, on senior day at Thompson Bowl Arena, and Mike White was standing there clapping him off, and Keontae Johnson was on the sideline for Florida clapping him off. Yeah, I think Mike, uh, White's, should, got, I think Mike White's got class. I've always believed that. Right, right. But, I mean, it's just so weird that, you know, obviously they played twice in six days. I'm sure there's pushing and shoving going on uh, in the post like there always is in every college basketball game. You just happen to play twice in the in a span of six days, and, you get a little bit more intimate when you have to spend that much time together. But I mean, there's no excuses. There's no, you know, way you can explain it. There's no way you can just kind of gloss over it and say it is what it is and move on. Florida needs to uh, suspend him for at least one game uh, and then go. Yeah. Like Fulkerson's an irritant, right? We know that because he just, he's the kind of guy that if he's on your team, you love him. If you don't, you hate him. Um, but there's ways to handle that. Like look at the way when Vanderbilt and Tennessee played earlier this season, look at some of the screens they set on Fulkerson. If you want to send a message, if you, if you want to hit a guy, that's how you do it. Go set a right. screen like that. Hit him in the chest. I mean, there, there's just there's ways to, to to try to send a message and vent frustration. And I just I hate that that's happened. Um, and, and I wonder now what that means for Tennessee going forward because it's impossible to say because obviously, duh, Wes, it hasn't happened yet. But if he's not able to go you know, in in either one game or both games, or if they play two games, you know, how, how do they handle that? Do they just go with a, like the same starting five or do they do a little bit of, I guess in England, they would call it kind of horses for courses, right? Go with matchups. Um, because I'm looking at Oregon state and that's a team that's only got two guys shorter than six, five on the entire roster. Uh, they got a lot of length, um, they, they got a lot of guys who can, you know, I don't know if they're quite as athletic maybe as Tennessee's guys. Uh, some of them are, but some of them are not. Um, but is that a situation where, you, you know, the way Plavsic played, he's a guy that, hey, they got a seven-foot-one guy over there. Um, that might be a good game for him to go over there and do some things. I, I think that's one thing that, for me, is, you know, a potential positive out of this is that sometimes you get something out of guys when you have to trust them when you have no choice and whether it's Plovsic or Kumwa, one or the other, or both, if there's no Fulkerson, they have no choice now. 
they can play small ball, that murder ball lineup, 30 minutes or whatever, but they got other minutes they got to fill, and they got to trust one or both of those guys, right? Yeah, and I think uh, Saturday against Alabama, you know, you kind of started to see some of that. I mean, what they got out of Urosh, yeah, he got pretty destroyed on Javon Quinterly switches and scoring uh, in the post. Um, but what you got from him, 17 minutes, he scored, he played seven minutes in the first half. That was his season high for minutes played. And it was the first half and he was pretty effective when he was on the floor. I mean, he was effective Friday. He only got five minutes against Florida, but he was pretty effective there. So just what you saw from him in glimpses gives you hope that moving forward, maybe there's something there. If there is no Fulkerson, uh, I think you still go pawns at the five and start four guards around him and bring Urosh off the bench and bring Olivier off the bench and, and kind of go from there. Um, but, I mean, Oregon State at the same time, they've got, you know, they're, I think three of their top four leading scorers are guards, Ethan Thompson, Jared Lucas, uh, the Zach, I think it's Reichel. I think he averages seven, six. Lucas averages something around 12, and, and Thompson averages something around 15. So Tennessee's had problems with guards. Uh, this season going off against them. So I think with Oregon State, even though that size is there, uh, they're going to have to stop guards before they stop bigs. Um, so I think you would match up five uh, with the even five and the four guards and, and kind of go from there and hope you can get out of Urosh what you got in spurts against uh, Alabama and Florida. You know, there were only three players on the Tennessee roster who had a plus-minus in the positives after that Tennessee-Alabama game. Uh, one was Josiah Jordan James, and man, you think his foul trouble was important? <laughs> they outscored right. Bama by nine points when he was on the court for 17 minutes, and when he wasn't, look at the other 23 minutes, and they were down what 16 points or whatever. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Uh, another one was um, Ticket Gaines, who even though he missed those two free throws, they had a plus minus a plus four w- when he was out there, and then the other one played 17 minutes. Uros Plavsic with a plus minus a plus one. Tennessee was better than Alabama when he was on the floor. Where where he really impressed me specifically was using his length to tap balls and keep them alive uh, and and help Tennessee get loose balls there. I thought he did a really good job stealing off the post and allowing some baseline drives from the guards. I know there was a Josiah dunk against Florida where he had a wide open route to the uh, rim because Uros was sealing off. Uh, Colin Castleton in the post. Urosh, I thought he ran the floor pretty well. He had that dunk, I think, against Alabama mm-hmm. in the first half when he ran with Josiah down the floor. Yep. Uh, just kind of the energy there, and and when he got the ball in the middle of the in the middle of the key, it didn't look like he was terribly uncomfortable with it. It looks like he kind of knew what he wanted to do. I think he can be a little bit more aggressive, try to take a dribble and and, and dunk the basketball, just because he's such a large human being. But kind of what we saw in those spurts, you can't let. Um, switches at the top of the key turn into you getting destroyed at the rim like Quinterly did. I mean, Quinterly in Alabama made a living doing that. Uh, and that's what really, you know, helped Alabama get back in the game. There's not going to be a ton of offense on the floor when Urosh is out there. Uh, but I think what we saw in spurts can be encouraging because you have no idea what you're going to get, if anything, out of John Fulkerson. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can count the number. If you try to think about this, the number of seven footers on the planet who don't look a little awkward when they run, handful of dudes maybe maybe uh, i mean you know even good you know like dirk looked a little bit awkward when he would run i mean you're seven foot you're gonna look a little awkward you're gonna look like you're stumbling around out there but he moves pretty well you don't want to get him in a twitchy situation where he's got to kind of turn his body and kind of get down and and, and guard a, a guard in space you don't want that but he gets up and down the floor and he moves offensively i mean he is never still on offense. That dude's moving around like a jitterbug, a seven foot one jitterbug or whatever. But I mean, I just, 
I think it's good because we've seen this guy. We didn't see practice this year, so let's get that out of the way. But in the past, and when the world's normal and we could watch practice, there were times where Urosh looks like a good basketball player. Like, he knows what he's doing out there. He's not a dumb kid at all. Smart guy. Understands some of the concepts offensively. Gets to the rim. You know, and he's a physical presence who's not afraid to put a body on you. And I think he's a guy who could give Tennessee some juice. I, I like that. I also love what Devontae Gaines does for them uh, defensively. Now, that game will forever be remembered in some ways for the free throws he missed. But, I mean, they were out, he was out there for, what, one or two minutes, and Tennessee outscored him by four when he was out there. Shut down Herb Jones on that play and got the rebound away from him and drew the foul. In hindsight, would have been better maybe the officials hadn't called that for Tennessee. Right. But, I mean, he blocked a shot. He was in there. Uh, you know, it, it's – they've got some guys out there who can do some things. Now, you'd rather go with Fulkerson because he's Fulkerson, right? He's a guy that knows this system. He's a guy that this team responds to. Um, and for all his inconsistency this season, when he's good, he's still really good. And you'd like to have him. But if you don't, you know, that that – that changes things. And I'll tell you, before we go to break, one thing that really, really, really did was a huge alarm from that from that Alabama-Kentucky game. Uh, Victor Bailey Jr. was out there for 22 minutes. Grant, have you seen his plus-minus numbers from the game? Minus 22. Minus 22 and 22 minutes. That is... It's a big, out, it's a big ouchie. And there are people, and, and people who really know basketball, I'll, I'll mention Patrick Brown as one of these guys, our coworker, who thinks plus-minus is an overrated stat. I happen to think it's an important stat, there's room to disagree there. People, Other people don't think it's a huge stat. I think it's one of the most important ones. But you can't ignore the fact that if your team is 22 points worse than the opponent when you're out there, um, that's bad. Uh, he has got to make shots because I don't think you can all of a sudden in one week you know, kind of snap your fingers and make him a better defender, right? That's an off-season project. That's just an off-season project. That's something that, listen, I went out there – all offseason, and said, I thought Victor Bailey could be a really good defender. I said it all offseason. If you go back and listen to podcasts, go back and go look at board posts on GoVoss 24-7, I mentioned it several times. I think he's athletic, and I like the way that he tries to get after people in practice. But he just does not play defense in games, really. He gets lost. He switches off. I don't think he's selfish. I don't think it's anything like that. But something's wrong there because if he's not hitting buckets, uh, he can't be on the floor. No, I don't think it's a lack of effort. Um, I think it's just a lack of uh, ability, I guess, to execute um, on the defensive end. I think the physical traits are there that he needs to be a good defender. It's about channeling those traits into playing good defense. And I agree that that's an off-season project. That's not something you're going to fix uh, on a bus trip to Indianapolis, and all of a sudden you're going to be fine. If he's not hitting shots uh, and, and multiple shots and, and scoring in bunches, he's hurting you because he's he's going to give up. He's going to give up points regardless if he's scoring or not. So uh, the best thing that he can do is outscore whoever he's guarding because he's going to give up those points. Uh, like we've said on here in the past, it doesn't matter how many you score if, if you give up 10 more than, than whatever that number is. So he's going to have to learn. He's going to have to figure out something over the offseason. I think Tennessee coaches expected more out of him defensively. Yeah. There was talk uh, a year ago when everything was shut down and, and they started kind of turning their attention to this team. Uh, what Victor could do on the defensive end, but it, it just hasn't translated there. Uh, the good news is uh, for Tennessee, Santi Vescovi looks like Santi of old a little bit yeah. uh, for a couple 
for a couple of days in Nashville, looked healthy for the first time. He was the first uh, guy in a while. He was the first guy Oregon State's coach mentioned on his right, uh, and his Sunday presser. He's a guy that you mentioned last week on this podcast. Like, when are they going to get something from him or somebody like him is is due for uh, some good some good minutes? So, as bad as VJ was in stretches against Alabama, um, Uros Plasic over the last couple of weeks, Rick Barnes said he finally kind of you know, stepped into the role, the exact role that they want him to do. That's obviously very encouraging moving forward for him and what they need. Uh, the the two weeks off with minimal games, it looks like it helps Santi Vescovi a ton. Uh, so if those are two pieces that can keep trending in the right direction, helps mitigate a little bit of that minus 22 damage. Yeah, and Vescovi's had a hip flexor too. I mean, that's not a small injury. That's something that... No. That's something and that he's not lingers. The, he's not the quickest guy. He's not the fastest guy. You've got to have that you got to have that strength to move side to side and get up and down the floor, so that, that's huge. And if you don't think that matters, look at the way Josiah Jordan-James played defense last season and look at the way he's playing defense this season. You want to know why? He doesn't have a nasty hip injury anymore. That's why. Right. You know, I mean, it clearly affects you. Um, but uh, last thing I'll say before I go to break, uh, if we're going to talk about how bad Victor Bailey's defense was, and, and it was, um, we need to mention Keon Johnson holding – you know, John Petty, one of the, the better players in college basketball, to three of 13 shooting um, and really kind of locking him down a little bit. And that made it unfortunate that some, that some other people kind of couldn't get it done because, you know, Jones is a bad matchup for anybody. I get it. Um, and Eve can't guard him for 40 minutes. So there's different guys that you got to, you know, you're going to have to give something at some point, right? Quinterly, Shackelford. I mean, they got players. Bruner, they've got players. So you're, you're going to have to give somewhere – um, and but they didn't give on John Petty because he's been the guy who has absolutely killed Tennessee for his entire career. Uh, and one of the many things they did in that game was keep Petty from beating them. And Keon Johnson was a big part of the reason for that. It's been fun to to watch him grow. If only he could stop turning over the ball, uh, that would be that would be nice because uh, he and Jaden Springer ten turnovers combined can't do that. Can't nope. that that will that will get you one and done in this tournament. But there's other things to talk about regarding this tournament. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, other fun things. Come back, uh, talk about what little we know about Oregon State. We'll know much more later in the week. Um, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about the bracket. Let's talk about um, where this Tennessee team is and some things that are going well. Grant hinted at that earlier. It's it's not just that things are going bad. There are some things that are going really well. And, and Rick Barnes is a guy who. Seems like he's pretty confident right now in this bunch. So let's take a quick break, come back and talk about that. Hashtag ad. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Grant Ramey coming to you from the Go Vols 24-7 Blunt County Satellite Office down there in Merville, talking Tennessee basketball. We're going to talk more Tennessee basketball in this segment i got a bunch to discuss there. Before we do that, though, quick reminder, guys, take a minute out of your day right now. Please go rate and review this podcast. Uh, please hit the subscribe button on this podcast, uh, whether you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And it really helps us out when you click that button. If you're just listening to us on the site, hey, man, that's cool. We're all about that. But if you can go in there and hit the subscribe button on your, whether it's your laptop, your desktop, whether it's a smartphone, tablet, uh, there are just, there are a billion ways you can connect to this podcast. And if you hit the subscribe button and then you rate and review this podcast, uh, we do this for free and we're happy to do it. But the one thing we ask is that you go do those three things. It'll take you just a minute, uh, leave a review. We'd love five stars, but hey, be honest. Uh, Tell us what you like. Uh, Tell us something that you'd like to see us improve other than our voices, which we cannot change. We are open to changing just about anything else. Uh, You know, we want to make this the podcast that y'all want. We don't do this for ourselves. You know, we got other things we could go do. We're doing this for y'all. But uh, we want to make it exactly what it is that y'all want it to be or as close as we can get it to that. You can't please everybody all the time. And some people, as we all know, you can't please no matter what you do anytime. But most people... um, can be pleased. So let us know what you think, and uh, we will move forward. Also, it's a good time right now uh, to go check out GoVols247.com. There's never a bad time to go to the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to discuss Tennessee athletics, but right now, March Madness special, if you hurry, this is going to be a really, really limited time offer, but if you go now, you can get two months for $1. $1, Bob, $1. That's all. Two months, $1. And the benefits that you get from that, I'll mention at the end, um, but they are plenty. There are plenty of them, especially with CBS All Access now becoming Paramount Plus uh, and all the offerings that are on there. My goodness, man, there are so many more movies and documentaries and, you know, like The Godfather's on there. Making, and they're doing a making of The Godfather uh, documentary, which is going to be fun. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of things from uh, CBS, every show ever made, all the movies, uh, tons of Paramount movies, tons of shows, uh, tons of exclusive CBS shows, every show CBS has ever done. Uh, you know, live sports, college sports, Tennessee sports, NFL, uh, PGA Tour. Um, you know, you, you've got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, and also stuff from the catalogs of Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, and Comedy Central. Like, hey, all the Chappelle shows, boom, right there, all of them, everything. I'm telling you, that's a $100 annual I can't say that right. A $100 annual value that we will give you for free. 
Nobody else can do that. We can do that for you. Grant, talking Tennessee basketball, there were some things, you know, it right now, even if Rick Barnes is not completely convinced that this team is ready for March, there's no reason to say that. This is the time of year where you look in them, you walk in the locker room and you tell your guys, hey man, we're exactly where we want to be. Let's roll. I believe in y'all. You know, hey, you're doing the Ted Lasso believe, slapping the sign. You go out there and you play. That's what it's all about right now because you can't change a whole lot. You just go out there, give everything you have, hope you make shots, hope you get some breaks, get some good calls, and you advance. And that's where you are. But even with the thing with Fulkerson going on, I think there are some things that are going pretty well for this team. they got to take better care of the ball. You can't commit 19 turnovers in a game. And if you commit 19 turnovers in a game, you cannot complain that you lost it. You cannot complain about officials. You cannot complain about those things. You turn it over 19 times, you can't say you deserve to win. That's just my opinion. Some people will see that otherwise. But uh, when they're not turning it over, they're shooting it pretty well right now. Um, and this is not going to be until the final four weekend, potentially. I don't know if they're going to be playing in one of those big, huge, ginormous arenas where it's hard to tell. They're playing in the Pacers arena the, the first weekend, right? I mean, there are some things that they're doing right now that are pretty good, and we'll talk about those in a minute. But first off, Oregon State, uh, this is a team, Grant, that was not going to be in this tournament unless it won the Pac-12 tournament. So I guess you could say they're playing their best basketball right now, um, but they're, what, a Ken Palm like in the 80s? Like they are 85. Yeah. They, they listen, you know, and I, I listened to, to their coach whose name hilariously is Wayne Tinkle, by the way, and that's never going to not be funny. Uh, you could just say the name. I've been laughing all day long when I see Wayne Tinkle, <laughs> his name's Wayne Tinkle, but um, they had came to a bit of a, a crossroads moment earlier in the season. They got housed a few times. Arizona beat them like 98 to 64 or something. Uh, Colorado whooped up on them. They had some ugly mid, you know, mid-major early season losses, and their coach, who is again name is Wayne Tinkle, just basically told these guys, "Listen, um, I don't think you guys want to win, but you don't even know what winning looks like." So they went back to very, very basics, made a very short list of things they wanted to do, and they started doing those things, and they started playing better basketball, and then they got to the the, the Pac-12 tournament, solid conference. And they beat UCLA, Oregon, and then a good Colorado team to get to this point. So they are playing good basketball. And the 5-12 seed is always a dreaded game. But when you look at this, you look at the other 12 seeds, 13 seeds, I think Tennessee's playing the one you'd want to play. Yeah, I think you you get the lowest rated 12 seed probably. I mean, you look at the Ken Palm numbers, they're 65 in, in uh, adjusted offensive efficiency. They're number 117 in adjusted defensive efficiency. You touched on turnovers with Alabama and what they Tennessee did the second half to kind of fall apart. The, the, the focus with Alabama, everybody wants to look at, you know, them shooting 43s a game and then, you know, ignoring the mid-range and only doing the rim and the three-point line. They're really good defensively. They're the number one adjusted defensive efficiency in the Ken Palm ratings. They are elite of the elite on defense. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what went wrong in the second half against Alabama had a lot to do with Alabama. Absolutely. They're, they're very good basketball team. So you go from that, you, you go from playing pretty good offense against Alabama and, and, and taking good shots and, and, you know, taking care of the basketball early on and executing the way you want to, to an Oregon state team, which obviously they're going to be confident because they've won six out of seven. And because they went three for three against three NCAA tournament teams 
uh, in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, UCLA is a first four team. I think Oregon's a six or a seven. Uh, in UCLA, uh, I'm sorry, Colorado, I believe, is an eight or a nine. Uh, I think an eight, if I'm not mistaken. Colorado's a good team, a ranked basketball team. Tennessee saw them early in the year. So Oregon State's one, six, and seven. They're here. They're going to be confident. It's a matter of how tough can Tennessee be, um, how physical can Tennessee be, how much can you grind them to a halt, and how much can you take advantage of playing the 107, number 117 uh, defense in those Ken Palm ratings. So based on what they did against Alabama, based on what they did twice in, in six days against Florida, uh, Tennessee opened as a nine-point favorite in this game for a reason. Tennessee's, I think, got a 75% chance uh, to win the game, according to Ken Palm uh, projections. So uh, the matchup, I think, is favorable for Tennessee. Everybody kind of wants to look ahead to Cade Cunningham, I'm sorry, and Oklahoma State, the number four seed in the second round. Uh, I don't think you should sleep on Liberty there. Uh, but if Tennessee can handle its business, uh, I think they got a pretty good draw. Yeah, you know, losing to Liberty after the whole sister Jean thing a couple of years ago would mean that Tennessee's just sort of cursed uh, spiritually. I think maybe that would be the, the the thing you could say at that point. But you know, let's not let's not let's not overlook the possibility of Sister Jean in the Sweet Sixteen. I know. I, I was trying. I was I was going to try to give people a reprieve from that. But since Sister Jean is your homeboy, hey, let's just knock on wood that she's kicking. She's I think she's been vaccinated. Yes, she yes. might be. She might be. She might be in Indianapolis. So hey, that's a great story. And if they have to make an entire portion of the arena just her, like an entire section, and they put her like in one of the Pope mobiles, I'm all for yes. that. I know Tennessee took the business end of it and is tired of hearing that story. I think it's an awesome story, and I'm sorry if you don't like that. It is an awesome story. She's an awesome, awesome lady, and I think it's a cool thing. Um, and I'm sorry that Tennessee ran into her when they did and all that, but, hey, that's just the breaks. It happens. That's Tennessee's NCAA tournament trajectory for a program in a nutshell. That's just something always happens. Um, but I think, you know, you're talking about Colorado earlier. That's a, they're a five seed because they're playing Georgetown. Who's a 12 seed. They're a five seed. I yeah. forgot about it. Yeah. Yes, they're a five seed. And, wow. and they're, they're playing another, uh, another uh, bid thievery. My wife's Georgetown Hoyas uh, in the, um, in the first round. So that, that's, that's an interesting, interesting game there. Um, Cause those guys, you know, went on a roll and won their conference tournament. Patrick Ewing, despite losing Mac McClung is, has, has done a pretty good job there getting those guys rallying them late in the season. Uh, you know, he and Juwan Howard are proving that you don't have to have much experience to go out there and be a good basketball coach. And I think people don't like, some people don't think Stackhouse has done much. I think with the roster he's had, he's done some good things over there in Vanderbilt. So you don't, Hey, sometimes you don't need a vet. Sometimes you can go get a young guy and, or a guy who's just been around the game and he can coach it. But I think with Oregon State, and one thing that I heard from Wayne Tinkle, and I'm going to say his name as much as I can, really, really um, kind of perked my ears. It was really late in there because he had like a 30-minute press conference. You know, I say press conference. He's sitting there talking to local media, and he's got like his phone positioned vertically, not horizontally, but vertically, and he's sitting there just kind of scratching his head, lounging on a couch. He's got his feet up. Pretty relaxed atmosphere. Uh, and then he started asking the reporters about what he thought they were going to be seated. And then they started telling him that they pretty much had to be a 12 because their, their records were not good. And he's like, well, you don't have to be so negative about it. You know, he's just kidding around with them. But at the end of it, he said something interesting. He said, I don't know a ton about this Tennessee team yet. We're looking at them. Um, we know they've got a lot of athletes. We know Rick Barnes is a Hall of Fame coach, et cetera, et cetera. But I can tell you right now, we are going to have to turn – defense into offense and score in transition because we do not thrive playing 40 minutes of half court 
in-your-face defense. And I thought, you're playing the wrong team uh, because that is something that obviously Victor Bailey needs to get better, but that's that's Tennessee in a nutshell. They are going to be in-your-face for 40 minutes. They're going to try to not let you breathe. They're going to switch a lot of stuff because they got guys who can switch on defense, uh, except for when Plofsic is in there. they got guys who can switch just about anybody, and they've they've got a defense that is really going to give you a hard time scoring in half court most of the time. So that part of the matchup made me think, man, Oregon State's going to have to really going to have to bust loose some some live ball turnovers and score, and they're going to have to hit some threes because they they don't they don't want to play a half court defense like Tennessee's, and you know, and I say half court, they guard the point guard. 94 feet sometimes, but still right. they lock you down half court. That's what they do. So that part of the matchup intrigued me a lot. And, you know, I, I, you could go back and forth. You can go back and forth on this grant. You can say that you don't want to play, be playing a team that just won its conference tournament, um, but, and beat a UCLA team that was very much on the bubble. And that was a huge game and, and had to go, I think maybe, you know, that was a, they were all close games, but mm-hmm. That's one side of it. The other side of it is you're looking at the arc of an entire season for a resume, and if you got to go play a 12 seed, this this isn't a bad one to go play. No, that, that, I think that's the one. If you had your druthers, if you were if you're making the bracket out yourself, I think that was the one you're going to get. We knew Georgetown and we knew Oregon State were going to be 12 seeds yeah. because the way they won their conference tournament, and they stole those those bids. I think Lenardi was saying that Sunday morning early. Um, and I think he said it was going to be a bit uh, a benefit to, to the number five seed line because those two teams, uh, like you said earlier, not in the tournament if they don't go on the runs they go on uh, in their conference tournaments. Uh, I think, yeah, obviously you, you're going to want to create as many turnovers as you can and lead that to offense because this defense is, is tough to face, this Tennessee defense. Um, at the same time, Tennessee is coming off the second half against Alabama where they saw up close and personal how much turnovers can kill them, how much it leads – that defense leads to offense. How many points Alabama scored off those turnovers? How much those turnovers got them in trouble? I think they're going to be as motivated as ever to take care of the basketball uh, because they played so well in other areas. If they just limit the turnovers, um, it's a pretty good performance. Um, offensively, what Tennessee did so well, I thought Nashville uh, shot selection was so good. They took mid-range shots, but it was really close to the rim mid-range shots. It was those paint jumpers, those runners, um, the stuff off the glass around the block. I mean, those were really nice uh, the shots that Tennessee has to get and the shots that Tennessee has to make. It's where they it's, did it's where you want Springer and Ponds taking those shots. Right, right. And Josiah and, and Keon, those those guys, that if they can penetrate and they can get to that area, those are good shots and Tennessee should take those. And for 25 minutes against Alabama, it was working. It looked like Tennessee's mid-range affinity was going to you know outsmart Alabama's uh, the way they ignored the mid-range shot. But, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to – slow down Oregon State and, and not, you know, limit the turnovers and get them stuck in the half court because, like you just said, that's what they don't want to do, and that pay, plays to Tennessee's favor because they have athletic guards, they have bodies that they can throw at you on the perimeter, and they can deflect balls, they can clog up lanes, they can, you know, pack the paint if they have to. Uh, we saw a lot of good defense uh, for most of their time in Nashville. If that translates, if that travels to Indy with them, I think they're in a good spot. And I'll tell you one more positive thing um, before we step out of here is that I know a lot of people really want Tennessee to win that SEC tournament, right? Hasn't happened since 1979. It's it when you know Tennessee only Kentucky has a better winning percentage 
in SEC like history in terms of conference games played. Like Tennessee should never go this long without winning an SEC tournament. It just, it just shouldn't happen. But let me show you the flip side of that. Look at how much better Tennessee was coming off of those breaks. Both times when Tennessee got off its feet for a few days, we said during the toward the end of the year, does this team have COVID fatigue? It looked like Fulkerson did. Um, you know, some other guys, you know, Jaden Springer just had some, you know, he had a lot of sinus issues and plus his ankle. And, you know, they were just not feeling great. You could tell at times. And I think that was part of the reason for the inconsistency, not making excuses for him, just saying, I think it's part of the reason. Look at the way they played them. And Rick Barnes said on, uh, I believe it was Sunday night, and I think the film bears this out, those were two incredibly physical games Tennessee played. And the Florida one before that, frankly, you know, a week before that. Alabama, that game was an absolute slugfest. Those guys, and I know, Grant, that you were in the arena, um, but you could see it on TV too. There was a lot of, like, you had guys diving for loose balls. You had guys like Keon Johnson diving underneath the, you know, the the mid, the scores table um, with that little dip, like a two- or three-foot dip uh, falling down in mm-hmm. there. You know, you had a lot of hard fouls. Obviously, we know what happened with Fulkerson. But those were really, really physical games. And if Tennessee had won, Tennessee would have played LSU the next day. And that was going to be another absolute. Now, LSU will run back and forth, and they don't play great defense. But they do wear you out because of how how fast they get up and down the floor. And Watford's a guy who will bang on you and, and leave you with some bruises. They got a couple of those guys. So I think if you're going to be a five-seed or four-seed anyway, kind of no matter what, you know – I'm going to tell you, it's not that important. It might be better for them to have not played on Sunday, especially if the bench is going to be thinner now without Fulkerson. Um, If that's how it's going to have to be, we'll see. We don't know. But I got to tell you, Grant, I think that could be a positive thing for this team. Yeah, and and honestly, uh, had they held on to beat Alabama, had Savante made those free throws in the final minute, or had they just limited the turnovers and and it had been a 10-point win or whatever, I think it, uh, it kind of would have felt a lot like 2019 where you have that really emotional win over Kentucky in the semifinal. Uh, obviously there's a target on Alabama's back at that tournament. Everybody wanted to beat them. Tennessee wanted to beat them. They talked about revenge and, and what they wanted to get back from that game uh, in early January in Knoxville. It would have felt a lot like 2019 where they went from Kentucky straight into Auburn. That, that LSU team gives Tennessee fits. Uh, the way they can score it, it just yeah. it's not gone well between Will Wade and Tennessee. Yeah, same, same, uh, these, same, same thing when they face Auburn. Same thing. Right, and it, I think it would have been the same thing if they had faced uh, Arkansas. Uh, that's not the same Arkansas team that Tennessee saw in Knoxville uh, in January. It wasn't like if they got past Alabama, Mississippi State, or Ole Miss, or Missouri, or one of those opponents where you would have felt good going into Sunday thinking, you know, Tennessee could really take advantage of this and, and finally win this thing. Um, facing LSU, I think, would have been uh, bad news for this team. And I think it's insane that LSU is an eight seed. I, I don't know how that works. I don't know how Florida is a seven. And LSU is an eight, and I feel sorry for Michigan having to get that. Uh, it's an eight-nine LSU and St. Bonaventure. The winner gets Michigan. You don't think the way um, they feel about Will Wade matters in that a little bit? A little that's true. bit. That's that's true. But if if I'm Joe Howard, I don't care about Will Wade uh, and how the tournament feels about him, how the NCAA feels about him. I want the easiest path for my team, and that's not going to make it easy. But true. back to Tennessee, the the two weeks where they they had no midweek game, then they had the week off for the SEC tournament. I think it was as much a mental health as it was a physical help. And what's unique about this situation is they didn't lose Saturday and go back to Knoxville and have Sunday off 
uh, and later this week go to an NCAA tournament site. They stayed in Nashville in the team hotel Saturday night. They stayed there Sunday. They watched the selection show together. They're in their little bubble atmosphere. They have a floor in that hotel dedicated to them. They're the only ones there. There's, there's nobody in the lobby, all that stuff. They got all the space they need. They're in their own little shell and they're all together and they've stayed together and it feels like they've had that momentum building. And I think it benefits you to stay together. There's no day off on Sunday. Uh, the team stays together. It gets on the bus Monday. It goes to Indianapolis. It goes straight into that bubble atmosphere. You're just trading one hotel for the other, one city for the other. Uh, and they try to keep this rolling. They're going to figure out where their practice sites are, what times are, all that stuff. And then you get ready to go Friday with another. It almost feels like a routine at this point to play a game, get a four or five days off, play another game, then see what happens. And if you play Sunday, you play Sunday, and then you go from there. I think it really helps them, the unique setup of all this, given what's happened the last couple of weeks and kind of where they're headed. The summer camp almost a little bit, you know, like your summer camp with your friends. I mean, they went and bought board games. They're playing Monopoly and chess and, you know, Connect Four and whatever else they're playing, probably video games. I'm sure they brought their systems with them and, you know, they're just kind of sitting goofing around, right? Like you had Vescovi asking Barnes if he knew how to play chess and Barnes, Rick Barnes is now officially, he's the oldest person in the world who doesn't know how to play chess. I think that's, I think, I think we can make that a safe assumption at this point um but that's i think that's pretty much where things stand i mean we're gonna have obviously anything with fulkerson we'll be right back on this podcast feed talking about it because that's a huge huge story we'll see what happens with all of that but i gotta tell you i think this bracket is not bad for tennessee those are famous last words and then they'll go lose to oregon state by 15 but i know Cade cunningham is good but Oklahoma State, statistically, not a bad matchup for Tennessee. You, you, you go into their understanding that Cunningham is going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. He might go out there and do 25-8-8, eight eight, okay? He might. But that's fine. That's what he does. Limit the other guys. And, and you got a chance. And Because Oklahoma State playing a tough league. Big 12 is a tough league. Um, they, they, they got some physical guys there. Uh, they, they play a little bit of defense there. They get up and down the floor there. They got a lot of shooters, a lot of scorers, a lot of athletes. It maybe not is it's not the Big Ten, but it's a good league, and I, I but I don't think people are going to see Cunningham and get terrified. But I don't think that would be a terrible matchup for Tennessee if Tennessee and Oklahoma State both win, right? Um, and and I understand why if you're Tennessee, you, you get a little negative maybe for the tournament. You know, people were thinking I was being negative in my columns the past couple of days. I'm not. I'm just saying that you got a team that's not been able to string together consistent performances. Uh, you got a coach who's got a billion wins, but only one Final Four appearance. I mean, it's it, it, you got your you know your most one of your most important players questionable at best. It's not a situation where you look at it and go, man, these guys are just ready to roll. Let's go. You know, if you're Bama right now, you're saying, let's roll, let's go. Uh, if you're Tennessee, you're probably a little more apprehensive, and I think you have to be that way. But I've seen teams worse than this Tennessee team get to a Final Four. I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, you're in it. That's that's what you want. You want a ticket. You want to be in this thing. You don't want to be Ole Miss or, you know, Louisville, the last team, uh, the first team out of the bracket, uh, whatever. You're a five seed. You're, you're in it. Uh, enjoy it. Have fun. It's it's a fun time of year. Finally, it's back. There's a bracket yep. for the first time in two years. We've got basketball. Uh, crazy amount of games over the next two and a half weeks, whatever whatever the time frame is. Uh, just enjoy it because Tennessee's back in it. The, they're a five seed. Uh, I don't, still don't sleep on Liberty. Uh, but if it, if Tennessee does win Friday and if Oklahoma State does win, yeah, uh, Cade Cunningham, that's, that's, a, that's a rough matchup. A 6'8 guard who can score it the way he can score it. 
uh, a guy that's a freshman that looks like a fifth year senior uh well well you know beyond his years the way but he plays the game how many teams have an eve pawns to put on him right but they turn it over a ton oklahoma state does uh they're not very good uh in the in the ratings uh, i think they're 30th in the ken palm ratings i think since he's 20th or 21st um and you got eve pawns you got josiah james you got keon johnson yeah. you got Jaden springer you got a lot of bodies you can throw at him length athleticism uh and just see what happens if that's the matchup that happens uh but first obviously Tennessee's got to take care of itself first. Yeah, it'll be a fascinating storyline if it happens. You know, does Tennessee go the route of trying to do everything it can to take away um, Cunningham, or do you say, you know what, he's going to get his. Let's not do anything special. Let's make sure the other guys don't beat us. Because that's the two ways to do it, right? I mean, or you can mix it up, go three minutes this way, three possessions this way, three possessions that way. You can mix it up. But Barnes doesn't seem to me that kind of guy. Barnes seems to be the kind of guy like, here's our plan. I believe in you guys. You can go do this. I've designed this for you. Go do this. So, and I think it'll be interesting too with Tennessee having um, Kim English on staff. He he's got to know that 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 Oregon State team decently. Right. He he's got to know that system, you know, because um, because again, uh, Wayne Tickle he's been there forever, and so Kim English knows him a little bit. So yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting. Last thing before we go, gonna give a quick shout out to the Tennessee baseball team, which had a sweep over uh, UNC. Uh, Greensboro, a good UNC Greensboro team over the weekend. Greensboro had come into the weekend 10-2 and two, uh, and has a really good offense, and uh, Tennessee swept that. And now Tennessee is ranked top 10 nationally. USA Today, uh, the new poll came out today uh, on Monday and has Tennessee ranked 10th nationally. So the Vols host ETSU on Tuesday. Then they go down to start SEC play at Georgia over the weekend. Uh, going to be mixing in a little bit more baseball discussion here and there on the podcast going forward um, because those guys are maybe worth paying attention to. Um, but, hey, uh, that you got that Tennessee baseball team getting to play SEC games for the first time in two years. And, guys, the NCAA tournament starts this week for the first time in two years, and Tennessee is in it as a five seed. So let's not, you know, let's not be too negative, right? Let's, let's try to enjoy this. There have been so many things, Grant, in the world that have just sucked for like a year. They've just sucked. Let's try to enjoy this a little bit, right? Like a little bit. Just, just print out some brackets and just roll around on them, finally. There you go. There you go. That's a that's a good way to end it. I, I'm going to ask this, even though I know the answer probably. Grant, you got anything else? I got nothing. Well, then I'll go ahead and let you go, man. See ya. See ya. Thanks, Grant. This is where he's going to do. He's going to hit the button, and it's going to make the noise. Yep. But you know what happened this week is that I finally made the adjustment to that coming, and I waited to hit the music. So now I can hit the music. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7. On Twitter, Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. You can also go, if you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to Facebook at facebook.com slash govals 24-7. But if you want the best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring water right from the tap, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols sports with Marie Cornelius, who does a great job covering all things Lady Vols for us. And, hey, they've got a tournament run too, right? They're in the postseason. You know, YOLO, go do the thing. Uh, And we got uh, administrative news, Danny White, new AD, all sorts of reasons for you to be at GoVols247 right now. And if you do that, If you go take advantage of it right now, you can sign up for two months for $1. First two months, $1. $1, Bob. 
I guess it's $1 Drew now, but $1 Bob for, to me for life. Great deal. Great deal. Can't beat that. And you get all of that, even if you're paying the full price, less than one mediocre lunch per month. That's it. And if you pay us that, that full price, which is less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity. As long as you're with us, you get access to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus, and it's got everything that you want. Any streaming thing that you want. Movies, check. Shows, check. Tons of them. Also stuff from the catalogs of uh, MTV, BET, Smithsonian, Comedy Central. All of that. Guys, you get all of that. And that's a $100 annual value that we'll give you for free. We'll give that to you for free. That's $100 in your pocket every year that we are giving to you. Do not miss that opportunity. And, and you get live sports on there. NFL, you obviously get Tennessee football and Tennessee basketball, SEC football, SEC basketball, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, PGA Tour. Everything, guys. It's all on there. And we get, we're giving it to you. So take advantage of that. Um, and if you're on GoBoss 24-7, you can also go to our forums that run 24 hours a day, seven days a week. we got the checkerboard and we got the summit. We are all on there as a staff all day long, answering your questions, starting conversations, uh, keeping conversations going. As long as it's not political or religious in nature, it's a free-for-all. It's good stuff. It's a digital water cooler that we all need in this era. So go take advantage of that. Go to GoVols247.com. You will not regret it. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from us in a couple days. Obviously a busy week with all kinds of stuff going on. We'll talk basketball mostly this week. Um, but this is Tennessee, so you never know what's going to happen. Uh, there, there always could be other things. Until then, wash your freaking hands. Wear your freaking masks. Sign up for the freaking vaccine. I got the first one. I'm waiting a couple weeks for the second one. I feel fine. Guys, go get this thing. Let's get through this. We can do this. We really can. We're so close. We're so close, guys. Let's get through it. PSA over. See y'all. Be good. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.